it's episode 23 of the Keto for Women show. You're listening to the Keto for Women show, and I'm your host and nutritionist, Sean Miner. This show is designed to empower women to find their own expression of the keto diet to maximize their health and happiness. Now let's get started with today's episode. Hey, hey, friends. Thanks again for joining me, as always, on the Keto for Women show. I am coming to you from Mallorca, Spain. Actually, no, I'm not. That's a lie. I'm still in my living room recording this podcast about to set off on my trip. And I promise the next time you hear from me, I will be actually from Mallorca, from the Low Carb Universe Conference, giving you all the scoop all the latest information that we're learning about keto and anything new that I have to share with you all, you will get that info in next week's podcast where I will actually be in Spain. And I'll also give you the details about how my trip is going, how I'm able to be in a ketogenic state, or if maybe I decide not to, and how all of that looks. I think it's always helpful to hear people's real life story about how it's happening or not happening while they're in a different country, and I will do that for you. We have a really great guest for you today as part of our real-life keto that we do occasionally here on the Keto for Women show. This is a topic about keto for gut health, something that we all could use to learn a little bit more about and just see how it can actually impact people's lives in such a profound way, and I'm So excited for you to hear this story. Just briefly before we get into this interview, let me share a few things. First of all, we are coming up very quickly on the holiday season. If this is your first time going through the holiday season in a ketogenic state, or maybe last time didn't go so well, or whatever the case, let's chat about it. So let's do a whole episode about being keto through the holidays, and what challenges that may bring. I want to know what you want answered. So send me your holiday-specific keto questions, and we'll do a whole episode. That's info at Keto for Women show if you have a question, and we'll answer it. That will be a really fun, that will be coming up really, really soon. So make sure you're getting your questions in right away for our Keto for Women holiday episode. Also, once the holidays are over, literally right when they're over, it is time for the next Fat Burning Female Project. So if that's something where you wanted to wait to get through the 2017 holiday season and start fresh in 2018 with a new approach to how you are eating and living and healing your body and enjoying your life, it's going to be a time where you want to start Fat Burning Female Project. It has been absolutely incredible. I actually started the Fat Burning Female Project at the beginning of 2017, so it's been a whole year and it has been the most incredible experience to help as many women as I could, and I had no idea when starting that little project that it would become what it is and I would be able to touch so many lives in just one year's time, and now I want to do that again with even more ladies, even more power, even more passion. And let's get you guys healthy and just knowing so much more about your body. That's what I really want from this experience for you. So you can do that. January 8th is the start of the Fat Burning Female Project. And enrollment is January 2nd. So right when you are done with celebrating 2018 and the new year, it's your time to enroll to really make that change for yourself. Okay, so keep that in mind. Put it on the calendar. It will sell out as they do. So make sure you are ready for that and can enroll to start 2018 on the right foot. Okay, let's get to this interview. I'm very excited about this because we are just talking about real life and how keto has helped someone in the spotlight get through a very difficult time. 
Lisa Bilyeu is our guest today, and here's a little bit about her. From film student to full-time housewife to world-class entrepreneur, Lisa is a master of adaptation and personal growth. As a founding team member of the billion-dollar company Quest Nutrition, she built the company's revolutionary in-house media department that not only made cutting-edge social media marketing materials, but also helped facilitate the company's meteoric rise to number two on the Inc. 500 list of the fastest-growing private companies. It was at this time, the peak of Quest's success, that Lisa began suffering from debilitating gut issues. Things were so bad that she could only stomach four ingredients for six months. Though she's still working through some problems, it was keto that absolutely saved her life. Now as co-founder and president of Impact Theory and co-host of the Sheroic podcast, her mission is to really create impact in the world and empower women of all ages to see and believe that they can be anything they set their minds to. Lisa's story is incredible. You guys are going to love it and just love the chat that I have with her. I can't wait for y'all to listen. So without further ado, here's Lisa. Hi, Lisa. Thank you so much for coming on Keto for Women today. Hey, Sean. Thank you so much for having me. It's absolutely my pleasure. I'm excited for this conversation because I think we're just going to have a have a chat. Just hear about your stories and your life and how things worked out for you in the end. Um, to get started, though, why don't you introduce yourself and just let us know what you're up to? Yeah, so I'm Lisa Bilyeu, co-founder of Quest Nutrition, um, now started a new company called Impact Theory. Um, Quest Nutrition covers the body, taking care of the body, but for me, a big part of wellness in general is also taking care of the mind. Mm -hmm. So Impact Theory really focuses on, um, we produce content and focusing on the mind and how to grow the mind and what is healthy for the mind, which is why I love keto because keto is so good for the mind and the body. So I'm so excited to be on here um, and talk about it. Yeah. And you, I know you have your own story, which we'll get into, but let's uh, hear more about kind of how did you get into this field overall? How did you get involved in caring about health for yourself and for others? What's your backstory there? Um, yeah. So um, I don't know how far back you want me to go, but Quest Nutrition was, um, you know, an effort for my husband and his business partners and myself to really, um, we had issues with trying to eat healthy, right? You go out or if you're traveling, it's just, it was so hard, you know, and I'm talking, you know, let's say eight years ago to take food that was healthy, that could sustain you, but also that tasted good. And that was the big thing. It's like, oh, if you wanted to be healthy, then you had to eat chicken and broccoli and that was your life. And that doesn't sound exciting. <laughs> um, and so there was no like in between, right? It was, if there was the protein bars that were out there were kind of just full of sugar. So it was sugar and protein. It wasn't just the protein. So Quest for Us was really a mission to try and create food that people would um, go to naturally um, right, we say don't try and change behavior, try and leverage behavior. So you can't change somebody's um, instinctual um, drive to go and take a candy bar, right? Candy bars taste good. And to try and persuade someone that a candy bar doesn't taste good is a losing battle. Um, but you know, people are going to gravitate towards things that are sweet. So we thought, okay, well, if people are naturally going to do that, what is the healthy version of that? And that's where Quest Bars were born from. Um, and then just kind of built Quest Nutrition. It grew. It was the second fastest growing company in North America. We grew by 57,000% and were, um, you know, evaluated at a billion dollars within the first four years. So as a su success in the industry, that was fantastic. But um, kind of and on a personal level and being involved in Quest is um, it really opened my eyes to a lot of things I didn't realize was kind of going on, you know. So it wasn't just about the obese community. Community, it was about the anorexic community. Mm. And it wasn't just about the anorexic community, it was about the community that suffer from diabetes. And so all these other communities that I didn't really think about um, started surfacing. And it really kind of at least opened my eyes to the epidemic that we're going through and the issues that we're going through in the world of diet and food. And, um, and then it also opened my eyes to the backlash of people saying, you know, well, you can't just be protein. What about carbs? And so it really opened my eyes, like I said, to just the world of diet and the world of food and how people perceive food. And the more, the deeper we got, um, 
into the world of that, I realized that um, a lot of people became very dogmatic about their diet. Um, I ran our media department at Quest Nutrition and just the media side of things on having to be careful how to frame um, being high protein and how to frame being low carb because, um, you know, you, you we noticed that we would sometimes offend people without meaning to. Mm-hmm. Um And so that becomes very tricky where you're like, okay, you have a belief and you have a belief system and it may work for you, but understanding that it doesn't work for everybody and not to be dogmatic about something because science is always changing. There's new developments every day of new technologies that we're trying, you know, that we're discovering that can test things that couldn't be tested before. So certain things that we believed are now kind of coming out to maybe not be true based on this new technology. So um, I've really learned to kind of open my eyes and stay open to anything and everything because, um, you know, we can go deeper, but my health started really declining um, a few years ago. And then realizing even then that my beliefs in the high protein diet and the low fat diet um, wasn't good for me. And so having to readjust and reframe how I thought about things and reframe who I am and reframe what I believe um, can be a challenge. But um, it, it's been very freeing because it really has now allowed me to go into anything with open eyes and an open mind and just be a student of um, of the world of food versus being, a you know, I guess a teacher because I don't want to preach. I can only um, learn and then say what I have experienced. It was so fascinating to think about how it would look from actually having a food product to in that dogmatic society that we have built around food that's mm-hmm. gotta been have been such an eye-opening experience and to really understand how people truly think and overthink about mm-hmm. what they're consuming that was I'm sure fascinating but yeah I do really want to get into your health story so let's talk about that more so personally I know you have your own health issues you were dealing with so take us through that yeah, and um, I, you know, have read up of your story, and it's just incredible, and it's so interesting to see how many people suffer from very similar things. Mm-hmm. And I'm only—I don't know if it's just because I'm really now kind of diving into this world more, or if it's just become a, um, a society where we can feel safe to talk about it not more, which I actually love. Um, but um, yeah, from the age of let's say sixteen, um, I had started being um, going on a restricted diet. Um, I was always a very skinny kid, and at sixteen, your hormones change and you start to evolve, and your body starts to change. And so I wasn't expecting that, and I wasn't expecting um, a very like a boyfriend that I had at the time. I was in a, in a long term relationship, fairly young. And he would just like pinch my waist and say, oh, you're getting fat. And, you know, little comments that people even now, I mean, people don't, um, I think, can be very insensitive. Um, But I at the age of 16, I was very vulnerable. And um, so I was hearing all these other things where people would be like, oh, you used to be really skinny. And so things like that really did affect me. Like um, I was picked on as a kid. So um, wanting to fit in and wanting to feel like part of the the crowd and not stand out um, was important to me at the time. And so when I would hear this, it was I felt like it was a judgment. And so I thought, okay, well, I can change that. I can change that. I can change that. And instead of really understanding what I was doing, I kind of just did it. So, you know, you hear, oh, cheese is really fattening. It's got a lot of calories. So I was like, cool, I won't eat cheese. And, you know, this isn't good for you. Cool, I won't eat that. And it was actually very easy for me to eliminate food. And so I was over a period of, let's say, 16 to 19, 20, I would just start taking things out of my diet, not really thinking about it and just going, oh, this isn't good for you. Cool. Instead of understanding why or if, if it was even true. Um, And so over time, um, it started to affect my health and I started to get sick very often and I started to really suffer from chest infections. And every time I got a chest infection, I was um, given antibiotics. So now flash forward um, 15 years later where I've had a restricted diet and I've been on antibiotics, let's say, probably close to every six weeks, if not two months, um, every single year for 15 years. Um, And then it becomes a vicious cycle, right? So it's, 
Um, I start to get sick, so I take antibiotics. The antibiotics is actually killing my microbiome. I'm not realizing that's what it's doing. I have a restricted diet, so my diet isn't replenishing the bacteria in my gut. And so it started getting worse and worse and worse. And I found um, around two years ago, every time I would have something out of the ordinary, like any types of food, let's say we'd go out and, you know, I, I didn't really eat French fries, so I would go out and eat french fries um i would wake up the next day in absolute agonizing pain and that pain started to get worse and it became to the point where i wouldn't be able to eat for more than 24 hours because i was in such agony um and i was like it was crippling i couldn't stand up my my stomach would protrude so much it literally looked like i was like two months pregnant i mean it was that inflamed um, and then one day about two years ago, I got the stomach flu and it, um, I think just tipped me over the edge and I was never able to get back to even being able to eat normally. So once I got over the stomach flu, I just couldn't eat. And every time I did, I would have major cramps. Um, it would either go straight through my digestive system. So I wasn't sustaining anything. So I was losing weight, um, Obviously, because I wasn't able to get anything nutritious in me, um, I started, my hair started to fall out, my nails started to break, you know, and when you're, you know, I mean, as a female, that can be really um, damaging to your self-esteem and how you see yourself because, you know, I, th I think of myself as a very confident woman and I can overcome anything, but even that took its toll where I was like, I don't know if I can get through this I, because I can't find a solution. And I think that's where for me, it was really difficult. It's like, if I can't find a solution, if you tell me, okay, Lisa, if you want to build muscle, this is what you have to do. Great. I can do it. If you tell me you want to run a marathon and you have to train this much, great. I can do it. But with this, it was, it was, I was trying everything. I was trying different foods. I was going to the doctors and all these different doctors were telling me, um, oh, this is your problem. So that almost um, kind of made my issue worse because I was now restricting my diet even more. So I was going to an allergy doctor and he said, you're allergic to beef and eggs. Um, well, that was pretty much like the the crusp of my diet. Mm -hmm. um, and so I was like, oh, well, I can't eat beef and I can't eat eggs. And, um, you know, then I would go to another doctor and I was told I had SIBO. So they give you that list of, you know, can and can't eat. Mm -hmm. So I started restricting my diet even more. And so I got to a place where I was eating um, like four to five ingredients, like only. And that was lamb, pork, chicken, salt and coconut oil. Oh, my gosh. Um, and that was every day for every meal. Um, and I was literally withering away. I mean, I was losing weight. I had no energy in the gym. And, um, you know, I was using the gym. I find the gym very empowering for me. Um, it really does give me the endorphins. Um, and, you know, I leave the gym feeling super energized, but I had no energy to even go to the gym. Um, and so my my weight and my lifestyle really had hit a low. Um, and at this point, you know, I'm still running um, the media department in Quest Nutrition. I've got a team of, you know, 20 under me. We're producing, we're creating, we're writing, we're filming. And there's no slowing down. And especially when it's your own business, to me, there's no excuses. Either you get the results or you don't. And um, so I was going to work every single day and, you know, I literally had just enough energy to get through the day and then I would crash and then all weekend I would, you know, basically be lying down. Um, and so it got really, really bad until um, basically I, I found keto. Um, and so um, just to kind of give a little backstory on that, um, Quest Nutrition, we have an R&D department. And so we're always doing research. For us, it's not just about the product. It's about what really is good for you, what really is um, the new thing on the market, the new discoveries that we're making in food and diet. Because when you think of the fact that we can send, you know, a rocket ship to moon, but we still have the health issues that we do, um, it, there's a big disconnect. And so I think more companies need to be focused, more food companies at least, need to be focusing on what's the new thing, the new science that's coming out and how does that affect us and what is the better direction we can go in? Because if we found out tomorrow that protein was like the death of you, we'd stop creating protein bars. Like that's the ethos of the company. 
And so we started looking into ketogenics because we started to really hear about it. Um, and the more we were looking into ketogenics, the more we were sampling and producing uh, products ourselves and so when the um tom's business partner found out about my health issues and everything and it you know two years ago where it really came to um, a, a crash um they basically said well um don't sorry i've actually skipped a step which is the doctors had told me i had an autoimmune deficiency and i needed a blood transfusion or really an, an immune transfusion and so that would be i don't know if you've ever heard of that before no um, so basically, it takes your immune system, all the cells in your body, and it's like a blood transfusion. You basically replenish it with healthy immune um, cells. And so they said it's really intense. It's going to be six months, once a week. You literally have to like either go to the hospital or plug yourself in and go through this transfusion. And it's going to be really draining on you. Um, and so obviously, to me, that was the last resort. But at that point, I... I had no other options in my mind. I had tried everything. I had eliminated things that the doctors had said I had allergies. And um, and so, event, you know, I tried the SIBO diet and I, it still wasn't helping. There were still things that I just literally would cripple me. And so I was a week away from doing this, starting this um, transfusion. And Tom's, my husband's business partner said, um, no, like bring her into the R&D department. We want to try and figure out what is going on with her. We're doing this stuff with ketogenics. Um, you know, let's take a sample of her digestive system and her microbiome. And let's really try and figure this out through diet. Um, because, you know, the transfusion was more like putting a Band-Aid over it instead of actually dealing with the real cause of it. Of course. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so we went, um, and started kind of trying to rebuild my gut biome, um, through things like yogurt and banana and sauerkraut and things like that. Um, and then realized even that wasn't helping. And one day my husband's like, look, there's so much proof of ketogenic diet that it helps inflammation. And right now my digestive system is so inflamed it just, it felt like every time I was eating that my digestion was literally on fire. So he's like, you need to go on a ketogenic diet. Here's some meals that Quest Nutrition have created and made for, you know, you, um, you need to eat them. Now, these meals had spices and herbs and ingredients that just petrified me um, because I'd already gone through, you know, months and months of eating things and then not working out. But my husband's just like, look, you need to trust me and you need to believe that, we have to go down a path. And right now we've gone down too many paths that have not been successful. So I need you to go down the ketogenic path and just give it a shot. Give it a week. The worst that's going to happen is you're just going to keep being in pain. So it's like, fine, let's do it. And within a week, my life changed. Mm. So I'd been battling this for months and months and months. And in literally one week, I was able to sustain calories. I was able to bring down the inflammation in my gut and... I started to feel more myself. And so I did a ketogenic diet a straight, you know, I was a two to one, um, eating like 10 times more calories than I'd ever eaten. But um, it was so like, I just felt so much better that I was like, you know, I didn't care about my physique. I didn't care about um, what it was doing to my body. I just had to focus on getting healthy. Um, and so that's what happened. And I went on a ketogenic diet literally straight for three months and my hair started to get healthy again. My nails started to get stronger again. Um, and to just flash forward, cause this is a really long story and I apologize for taking so long to tell it, but, um, it never though healed me and I never got to a hundred percent. So if I was on a ketogenic diet, I was good until I had something out of the ordinary. So if I had a couple of French fries, it would again crash me. If I had a piece of bread, if I had anything that was even remotely off that diet, um, any artificial sweeteners, just every, it just kept crashing me again. And so um, <clears throat> that kind of takes us really to now where the last three weeks or four weeks, I've really been working on my actual microbiome. Mm -hmm. um, 
And um, I don't know if you've heard of a company called Viome. Um, it's a fairly new company. It's run um, by Naveen Jain, who's a very good friend of my husband's. Um, he's an incredible entrepreneur. I mean, this guy has started many businesses um, and has become a billionaire because of his um, the, his business mind. And so he's recognized the importance of gut health and he's created this new company called Viome. And what they do is they send you a kit to test at home and um, it basically um, it you do a stool sample you do your measurements you take a glucose test you do your temperature and you do all these different types of tests and Viome take your results and they give you your results back and then they give you a suggested diet um, so I did that test and they gave me a suggested diet and I tried it and within a week I was crippled again mm. so my husband contacted um, Naveen the owner and said look this doesn't work and because he's a man of getting to the right answer and not just trying to be right he immediately was like look get on the phone to my head of my department um, the doctors the specialists I need to figure out where we went wrong please 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 do um, speak to them so we can solve this and that was about three weeks ago and so what they did is um, they've been my con personal consultant over these last few weeks and they've broken down every single bacteria in my gut, every single healthy bacteria, bad bacteria, what it means, where, it, um, what that means for me. So even though I was on a ketogenic diet, it did really help with the inflammation because I have a very high level of um, inflammatory cells in my gut for some reason. And so the ketogenic diet really did help with that. But the problem is I actually do have SIBO. And what I was, what was happening was I had too much of healthy bacteria in my small intestines. Mm -hmm. And so what the, they were saying is, even though you were ha on a ketogenic diet, you were having really good nutritious food and the nutritious food was sadly feeding the good bacteria in a place it shouldn't be. Mm -hmm. I mean, and that's what I say. I mean, it, I think that the ketogenic diet is so great for gut health and it, and like you experience, it really does amazing things for your symptoms. But you know, in most cases, when you have something truly going wrong in the gut, you also need to do you need to figure that out and do that protocol as well. So it's yeah. great for it. And you obviously experienced the symptom management from having, you know, getting into ketosis and the reduced inflammation and that kind yeah. of thing. But, you know, if you have SIBO or if you have a candida overgrowth or you have a bacterial imbalance, you also have to work specifically towards that. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And I think people, um, everyone wants an easy fix. I mean, of course I want course, an easy fix. Yeah. You know, I want this to be over with when you're dealing with something that's health related for so many years. Um, it does restrict you from um, doing things. You know, like I said, I, I couldn't work out, which I love to do. Um, you know, um, I love to um, go on trips with my husband. But of course, that changes because you have to think about, oh, what mm -hmm. food do they have? I mean, I just traveled to Las Vegas last weekend. And the diet that I'm actually on right now is a very high fat diet. Um, but I can't have any vegetables whatsoever because I have to kill the good bacteria oh, in, wow. in my small intestines. So it's actually, I have to do like a three or four step process right now. And step one is to get rid of the good bacteria where it shouldn't. Then step two is to push the bad bacteria out of my small intestines. Then step three is I have to regrow my good bacteria in my lower intestines. And then step four is then I have to um, create a more balanced bacteria in my gut. So it's like it's this whole massive thing that I now have to undertake. So I'm expecting another year of trying to get back on track, which is fine, right? Is Again, going back to what I said, like mm -hmm. if I know the path, I, I don't fear it. So even if it's a year, cool, as long as I'm on the right path, then I can go gung-ho. Well, you and finally now have an answer, you know, yeah. like you've gone so long without <laughs> having an answer that, and it, I was the same way when I found out what was going on with me. I was like, well, finally, yeah, yeah, it's going to be a process, but at least I know I'm not crazy. Right. And that's the problem because you think there's no way I can, you know, because especially being in the health industry, people think that you may be lying. You know, mm -hmm. where you're like, oh, I can't have French fries. They're like, oh, you're worried you're going to get fat. And it's like, 
you know, it, it's such, it's, it's very difficult to explain to people who haven't been through it, but are also health conscious. You know, mm-hmm. I'm absolutely health conscious. And the one thing I've had to, um, I wouldn't say battle, but I've had to reinforce within myself is you can only have one big goal. And my goal right now is to be healthy. I can't have a goal of being healthy and having a great physique. Like those are, those can be contradictory. So, you know, if the doctor turned around to me and said, Lisa, you have to eat French fries and you can't work out and that's all you have to do for a year. Well, that's not who I am as, you know, I love to eat healthy. I, you know, um, pride myself on trying to take care of my body. But if you told me that's what I had to do to take care of, of my body, I would do it. Oh, um, yes. I wish that you could just scream that from the rooftops because <laughs> that's what I've been trying to tell people for so long is, you, I mean, you have to get you have to have that ultimate goal of health. And if you have the the only goal of being a certain uh, size or physique or whatever, then eventually, unfortunately, that's going to come back around most times. And at some point, you're going to have to focus on your health. Like that's going to have to be the goal. Right. And that's where it's kind of difficult because I do see, you know, if I was the 16, you know, the 16 year old again, hearing people say, well, you've got to focus on your health. Like, I don't know if I would really absorb it. Right. It's you know? almost like and you have to give to that bottom yeah, level. Yeah. Like, what is that? What is that in between where people don't have to get there? And that's what I'm trying to mm-hmm. really explore myself in. Maybe if I just explain my story, right, and you explain your story, and people just say, like, look, this is where I come from. And if I could go back, like, honestly and truthfully, if I could go back to that 16-year-old girl, I would... I would sit her down and I wouldn't say focus on health. I would say these are the problems that you may face if you don't focus on mm-hmm. health. Or if you put your physique first, right? And that's what I did. I absolutely put my f- physique first. Now, look, I'm not saying to go out and not care about your physique, right? And that's another thing that um, I think people struggle with where it's like, oh, it's either one or the other. It's like right. I would love to find a happy medium. It's just right now I can only focus on my health. So I have to put my physique to a side. If you can, for a period of time, put your health first, figure out what's going on, heal that, then the beauty about coming out of that is that then you really can have both. You really can. Exactly. Exactly. And the one thing I used to do is I used to prioritize um, cardio. And that was like, oh my God, I've got to get, you know, my at least 30 minutes, if not an hour of cardio in every single day. But because of my health, I couldn't run. Like the pounding of running up and down, I couldn't. My It would just hurt my stomach too much. Mm. So I started lifting weights because that was the only thing like, oh, I can lift weights. I can do curls without hurting my tummy. And within that, oh, my God, again, it changed my life because I so love lifting weights now. And it has done so much for my mind and the strength of my mind that um, I, I don't know if I would have gotten there if, you know, this obviously hadn't happened. So I'm always trying to look at the positive and what are the things that I can take and what are mm-hmm. the good things I can take out of these experiences. And um, because I think that's really important. Like I am not telling this story as a woe is me. I am telling this story as a, you have to be adaptable. You have to focus on the results. You have to focus on what your goal is and then act accordingly. Um, you know, so if that is eating a ketogenic diet for me, it has really helped. Um, if that is eating a high, you know, carb diet and that helped me, then I would do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's really about talking about how you feel when you're on a certain way of eating or certain foods and then how you feel when you work out. If you're dreading going to the gym every day because you're so tired and exhausted, well, the chance are it's not going to be good for you. Right. Um, you know, you have to figure out why it's not good for you. But if you feel energized by going to the gym, if you feel empowered by going to the gym, which I do, then I love it. And then I approach it with like enthusiasm and excitement. And even now where I can only I've had to cut back on my diet and I can only eat now meat and fat right now. Um, I, I just approach it with like, yeah, I get to eat beef and I get to be <laughs> excited and I get to have bacon. And, you know, it's, it's, 
the mind is so powerful and if you go into anything with a negative mindset then i really really do believe that you're not setting your health or your body up for success yeah you're going to have a negative experience when that happens right. and you're going to it's going to perpetuate further issues i really i see it all the time and there's so much negativity about our bodies and our foods and feeling deprived and all this stuff in the ketogenic community and it doesn't need to be that way because there are so many great things things going on and you can be happy with what you have going on right now. And when you do, that's when you start seeing things change, even if it's not what you want it to be right now, but you can still find that joy in every day and be, and be happy with it and where you are. Like for you right now, obviously it's not the best situation to only be eating (laughs) those things and to know that you do have this road ahead, but you seem really positive about it, which makes all the difference. Oh, it really does. And um, just recently in talking about, you know, science and studies and stuff, um, I just heard that the gut has something like um, a billion um, like uh, cells or neurons. Mm-hmm. Um, so when they say, you know, I've got a gut instinct, you really do have a gut yes. instinct. And there's, there's this, something like there's the same amount of neurons in a human gut than there is in a cat brain. Oh, wow. Now, if you think about cats... Just think about that for a second. What they do, right? They understand um, hunting. They understand taking care of themselves. They understand, like, like the the way, the fact that cats can think of that extreme and mm-hmm. that that's how much you have in your gut. Now tell me, like, look me in the eye and tell me there isn't a connection between the brain and the, and the gut. Oh, there is such a huge connection. It's crazy. And there's more and more research coming out every single day. I think that we're still just touching, you know, tip of the iceberg type Mm -hmm. situation on what we know about the gut. And it's fascinating. Exactly. Um, So I want to talk more specifically about this keto journey that you were on. So did you have any, I mean, you were coming from eating four foods. So (laughs) (laughs) um, you probably didn't have that hard of a time making the transition. But was there any sort of skepticism or any sort of fear? you know, increasing the fats to that degree or anything like that for you? Oh, that's a really good question. Yes. Um, And that's one thing that if, you know, I think your listeners take away is that I think a change can be difficult for Mm -hmm. people. And, you know, especially when you've had such a negative experience, um, when there's anything that like, Let's say you're on a scale from um, 1 to 10, 10 being the worst. If you've lived at a 10 for months and months and months and you finally manage to get to like an 8, you definitely don't want to get back to a 10 again. Um, Even though 8 sucks, you don't want to get to a 10. And so anytime people are like, oh, this is what you should have, of course the fear would kick in that, oh my God, that's going to take me back to a 10. Mm -hmm. And that fear can be paralyzing. And um, what I have learned so powerfully is that you can use fear as a tool to empower yourself or you can use the fear to really paralyze yourself. And so what I would do is every time I would fear food, I would tell myself this could be the key to getting better. Mm. And so I would use almost fear as a trigger. So every time I would recognize fear, I would say that to myself. Um, like, look, this can actually be something that's good for you. And are you happy at an eight? And so I would just repeat that to myself over and over and over again. On like, this isn't going to get you to a one. This is only going to get you to where you are now. So get to a number one, get to a number one. And so I would use that as a... Um, as an empowering tool. Um, and then also I would tell myself one of my favorite phrases is you get what you focus on. And so if every time, you know, a, a suggestion would come up about the ketogenic diet, like try this, because my world that I once knew that was high protein, low fat and zero carb, like I ate like that for years. Mm that now people are telling me fat is what you need. And oh, by the way, fat has so many calories that you're about to eat twice as much as you used to eat. Like, absolutely, that would scare me. But again, I would say, well, you get what you focus on. Like, what are you focusing on right now, Lisa? Are you focusing on, oh my God, my body's going to change because of these calories? Are you focusing on, um, oh my God, like this is food that I've, you know, I have deemed in the past as a bad item. Or are you going to focus on the fact that this could be the key to your success, that this could be the key to your health, that this could be actually the major step that you've been looking for. And just that framing, like 
can make all the difference. And so it's not about pretending that you don't have those fears. And that was another thing that I learned. I used to try and pretend or push it out of my mind, um, which I actually didn't find helped um, or would help. I would just found like it, it would just, my mind would steer towards it slowly over time. And then I'd push myself back and it would steer back over to the fear and I, you know, push myself back. Versus now what I do is going, okay, you're fearful. How can you use this? You get what you focus on. You're focusing on the fear, but you shouldn't be focusing on the fear. You should be focused on how this could be the best thing that can ever, that could have ever happened to you. And so it really was a, um, like training in the gym where you go in, you know, Hey, I'm not going to get massive biceps overnight. I have to go in. I have to pick up the two pound weight. I have to go back. I have to pick up the three pound weight. I have to pick up the four pound weight. I have to embrace that one day I may get injured in the gym, but if, is that injury going to stop me from going back? No. So if I had that mindset in the gym, how can I use that to empower myself in my health and my food? And I would literally just make that analogy and say, okay, if I ate something that disturbed me, that really hurt, that you know wasn't good for me and would cause me pain, I would reflect it back into the gym and say, okay, this is one of those moments where you've tweaked your back or you've pulled a muscle or you've stretched in a way you shouldn't. But okay, you have to rehabilitate, you have to get back on track and then you have to attack the gym or attack you know, food in this case with just as much enthusiasm as you did before the injury or the, the incident. Mm-hmm. And I found that very empowering. I love what you said about how you were, you have the choice to think these negative thoughts or these positive thoughts about the experience. And that's something that I see pretty much every day in my practice with these ladies trying to do a ketogenic diet because mm-hmm. I'm also or all for eating enough food while right. you're, to while you're in a ketogenic diet in order to promote health that we as women need. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of women have this hard time increasing their calories. Yeah. And um, it is so true that if you go into it with this fear that it's going to make you gain weight or, you know, change your body composition, whereas you could go into it knowing that you're going to nourish your body and this is what you need to heal, like that makes a huge difference. Yeah. And, and I, I mean, what do you think? Like, why do you think that is actually making the difference? I know you have a little bit of, um, mindset coaching and things that you do so what is what actually goes on there um in the process of the mind yes um yeah so i i have mantras that i repeat to myself over and over and over um so you get what you focus on is a big thing for me because um i think we all inevitably um somehow end up focusing on the things that are going to go wrong mm-hmm. instead of the things that are going to go right so that is in my control amazing right because right now i feel like my health is only somewhat in my control mm-hmm. and so that to me is i struggle with so i thought like, okay well what can i control i can control the way i see myself i can control the way I'm um the way I approach things all right great now if I can control it when I start to feel the fear of oh my god am I going to put on weight and stuff like that reframe it in your mind so you get where you're focusing and then also I always say tell myself what's the worst that's going to happen like I I really do like what is the absolute worst thing that's going to happen if I go on a ketogenic diet like and okay for me it could be pain all right so if I know that it's pain um I can then go back to where I am now, right? Mm -hmm. So I found, let's say, if I'm at an eight, I know that if I get to a 10, I can still get back to an eight. Mm -hmm. So, okay, the reassurance of I know that I can go back and so I don't have to stay there is great. Um, And if that's the worst, or let's say I put on weight. Okay, well, the worst that can happen is that I put on weight. But the best thing that can happen is that I'm actually back on track and I'm healthy. Mm. And then I just take my options, right? Well, what is more important to me? And that's the thing. Like, I really do try and have a non-judgmental view with people. And so if you turn around to me and you said, look, my ultimate goal is to have the best six-pack abs, no matter what it takes. You're an individual. Do If that's what you care about the most, I wouldn't personally suggest it because I know Mm -hmm. how that ends for me. Mm -hmm. Me too. (laughs) But if that is what is the most important thing to you and you've heard my story and you've heard other people and you still decide that that's what's most important, I'm not here to judge. Like, that's, that's fine. But if your goal is 
let's say um, I want a really healthy digestive gut and I really do want to get lean. Okay, well, look, there are many stories out there where people have got lean on a ketogenic diet. So research, hear what they've done, try it. And if the worst, again, reminding yourself of the worst case scenario, if the worst case scenario after a month, you don't feel like you you had hoped, you didn't get to where you were hoping to go, then just revert back, right? You can easily go backwards. Mm-hmm. So to me, um, I, I always want to try new things if there's a possibility that it can actually help me take that next step forward. Um, you know, I, I don't know if you know who Carol Dweck is, but the fixed mindset and the growth mindset literally changed my life. Mm. And um, for me, I had a fixed mindset. I was very dogmatic that protein was the way to go, you know, high protein, low fat, zero carb. And I thought anyone that doesn't do that is crazy. If you're moaning that you're overweight, well, it's because you're not doing the diet. You know, like I had such a fixed mindset that that was what you had to do. And over these last few years and having gone through everything I've gone through, I've definitely developed a growth mindset. And I've realized that, A, it's down to the individual. I don't think what's going to work for me is going to work for you. And when you really analyze, like, even just what I said about the story with my microbiome, right? The fact that I have good bacteria in an area that I shouldn't um, means that I shouldn't have vegetables. Now, I wouldn't recommend to people to not have vegetables. It's just my condition right now says that I shouldn't have vegetables. So um, not being dogmatic and just like being open to experimenting and then telling yourself what is that worst case scenario. And so if people are worried about putting on weight, okay, like that's a true fear. Like, okay, I don't want to minimize that fear. I don't want to say, well, you're being silly. Don't, you know, don't worry. It's like, no, it's a real fear and you have to address it. But I think you can address it by breaking it down into these categories of what's the worst that can happen what is your goal is uh, is this decision moving you towards your goal or away from your goal that's another question mm. I ask myself. and I do that with food and I do that with business it's like if I've got a passion for something and I've got a project that I have to do for business I go well what is moving me towards my ultimate goal so if my ultimate goal is health and not what I look like, it's my actual, you know, bringing me back to, you know, a zero, then everything is judged upon that. So if you tell me this will help your gut, and this will get you to a zero, cool, I'll try it. But if you tell me, oh, no, this is going to move you backwards, but let me tell you, you're going to get six pack abs, that's not moving me towards my goal. Mm -hmm. So huge. Yeah. Wow, that's so great. And I think a lot of women will really dive into that and could really make a big change. I really like that fixed versus growth mindset. So I'll make sure to link, find that and link that up in the show notes so that people can um, learn more about that because that is huge. I know that for a fact in this ketogenic uh, community, especially for women. Um, So just kind of to wrap things up and and get into the more of this like keto space that you were in, how do you see this happening for you as maybe um, like a lifestyle. I mean, I know you're going through a lot of different things right now, but and probably not something where you feel like you always need to be uh, ketogenic, but sounds like you're kind of into the high fat thing. So how do you see this kind of happening for you in the future? Yeah. Um, so for me, I had um, ketogenics has really helped me um, with the inflammation. And I have joint pains in my thumbs from lifting heavy weights. I play video games um, with my husband and we I'm always on a computer. So <laughs> over years it. and <laughs> over years and years, my um, my joints and my thumbs have really hurt, uh, started to become a problem. Um, when I go deep into a ketogenic diet and um, I'm on a two to one, the inflammation goes away. So that's undeniable, at least for me. It's mm-hmm. undeniable that it helps with inflammation. Um, for me, cognitively, it is very, very um, impactful. Like I'm able to think clearer. I'm able, like I actually forget to eat. I have to set an alarm to remind myself to eat, um, which is a world I never came from. I was mm-hmm. always hungry, being on the high protein, low fat diet. Um, and so there were definitely major benefits that I had. Um, and so if I had to stay on a ketogenic diet, I absolutely would. 
Um, but because I'm trying to focus on changing the bacteria in my gut, there's certain foods I have to eat that are not ketogenic necessarily friendly. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm, again, um, not being dogmatic about staying on a ketogenic diet. Um, when I have inflammation, so yesterday I actually had a relapse and had a terrible time. And so I will make sure I will stay super fatty today, tomorrow, probably for the next four or five days. Um, I'll probably go to a two-to-one. So lots of coconut oil, olives. Um, I cut off the fat on bacon and just fry the fat. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. Um, I stuff it. Uh, I actually do like these meatballs and I stuff like I cut up bacon fat and then stuff it in the meatball, in the uh, fatty meatballs um, and then fry them in coconut oil. Um, Love so it. I will... I would, so I will probably stay on a key, very high keto, two to one ketogenic diet for about five days to bring the inflammation down again. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what I'll do is I will keep going on introducing certain foods that will help with um, changing the bacteria in my gut. Um, and then once I'm in the free and clear, um, I will absolutely go from a ketogenic diet to a protein, more high protein diet. Um, because I personally find that I can't grow muscle um, on a sole ketogenic diet. Um, I can get great definition, fantastic definition, but I can't build uh, muscle. Yeah, so, I wanted to ask about that because I know you're big into the working out world. Yeah. How have your workouts been or changed or have you noticed anything since you've been doing the ketogenic diet? Yeah, it's been crazy. Things that I didn't expect. Um, I can get extremely lean on a ketogenic diet, which is fascinating. So bearing, you know, eight years ago, let's say I was the girl on the treadmill that was making sure that I was running a certain amount of distance. I was counting calories. I was fearful of fat. Um, and then, and, you know, desperately trying to get lean, desperately trying to get a six pack, never got a six pack. Went on a ketogenic diet, don't do an ounce, I don't do an ounce of cardio. I haven't done cardio in probably a year, mm-hmm. maybe maybe even longer. I lift heavy weight and I'm leaner than I've ever been. I've got a six pack. Um, I don't want to pride myself on that because, in fact, identity is a big thing for me. Mm-hmm. And we can talk about that quickly. But, um, but so the ketogenic diet has got me leaner than I've ever been. Um, I'm extremely vascular when I go on a ketogenic diet. Um, I get um, major cuts in my muscle definition. And so from a physique standpoint, that I get that. Um, I haven't been able to gain muscle, though. Mm-hmm. Yes. And o- over time, I find that if I go ketogenic for too long, my muscles actually, even though they're, um, they're defined, they shrink. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I will bounce from introducing more protein on certain days that I lift heavy, um, but still making sure my fat is really high. And I really don't pay attention to calories. Yeah, in, I was going to ask that. You're not restricting calories to get no, that leanness. Not at all. Yes. I don't, I don't, you know, and it's look, I've had a lifetime of understanding calories. So I kind of, you know, have a vague idea of where I am. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't count them. Um, there are days where, I, you know, if I'm hungrier than normal, I'll just add a ton more fat to my diet. You know, I'll eat more olives, more oils, things like that. Um, and so, um, yeah, so I just try to balance and um, see how I'm feeling and then adjust accordingly. And again, going back to what is my main goal, my main goal is to feel good. And so if I'm feeling tired, and feeling, um, you know, worn out. Oh no, cool. It means that I'm not intaking enough calories. I need to introduce more fats to my diet. And so I will immediately change based on how I feel. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's another thing like focusing on your, how you're feeling cognitively, physically versus, um, focusing on the calories and what you should be doing. And, oh, but I just heard that so-and-so who has an amazing physique only eats this amount of calories. So that's what I should do. Right. Like I used to focus on that and now I don't. Which Um, I mean, just that in itself is such a big transition to make for, you know, people like that, like any of us really, you know, mm -hmm. to be able to understand that that doesn't, that isn't a thing. You, you doing what someone else is doing and expecting the same results doesn't happen. Right. It's the definition of insanity. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. just doesn't happen. Um, okay, let's move in and you quickly to this identity thing that you brought up. So tell me about this. 
Yeah, so um, it was really big for me. And I do really wonder like how many of your listeners, and in fact, the question goes out to you as well, um, you build your self-esteem and your identity around something. You know, some people it's about being a mother, some people it's about being an athlete. Um, for me, it was about being the co-founder of Quest. And so here we are, like the one of the most successful protein, you know, bars out there, one of the most successful nutrition, nutrition companies out there. And I couldn't eat our product. Mm -hmm. You know, and everybody knew me as um, Tom's wife, one of the co-founders of Quest Nutrition. And I couldn't have our bars because I couldn't eat artificial sweeteners and I couldn't even eat sweeteners full stop I couldn't eat um, too many nuts I couldn't eat too high protein I needed more fat in my diet so that was a big struggle for me and I actually remember one post that I did like a couple of years back where I took a photograph of um, one of our new products we'd come out with a pumpkin pie bar and I took a photo of it and I, um, something like I posted it on Instagram and my IG post was something like, oh, you've always got to start the day with, you know, a coffee and a pumpkin bar, something like that. And the truth was I'd never even tried it. Mm -hmm. And my identity was so tied up in being a part of Quest and being such an advocate for high protein that even though my um, entire digestive tract couldn't stomach it anymore, I was um, embarrassed to admit that I was struggling with this because people used to look at you and think like, oh, well, you must be in the best shape ever and you must have be the healthiest person in the world. And I, I really was embarrassed. And so I hid it for a while, you know, I just didn't want to tell anybody. And so understanding that, that was my identity and realizing like, wow, I've spent so many years trying to build this identity and I, I, I fear letting go of it. But the truth is I've got to stop um, priding myself and giving my self-esteem over to this identity that I had um, sculpted and instead find pride in who I am and how I handle struggle and changing my identity instead of being like this, like, oh my God, you're, you know, you're successful. You have a company that's extremely successful. Changing that identity and saying, I can be a tool for empowerment to all the other people out there that are going through what I'm going through. Mm. And that was life changing. And I, I bet you, your listeners out there, like everyone can, I think, relate to an identity that you have and something comes along that you feel is out of your control that changes that. So I know obviously you competed. Mm -hmm. How did you feel about your identity with being um, a competitor to having health issues to then having to kind of reframe things in your mind to being healthy? Yeah, I mean, I feel like at that time, I felt like a little bit of a fraud, kind of like you were saying too, um, be because I was so focused on this external thing and and how I how I looked at that time that I was completely willing to bypass how my health was and kind of ignoring that and then finally getting to this point where that was like I needed to take that next step I needed the goal to be different and then when you make that change and then you realize how many more people need to make that change that's when it for me it like that's when I found my identity because I realized that I could take my experience and help others right exactly so using your negative um, experiences mm -hmm. that you're going through using that as a positive to positively positively change your identity Absolutely. so now I I am not someone who and that's why I was saying like almost at the beginning of this podcast is that um, I need for me it's about speaking up about the issues that I'm personally going through and if I can affect somebody by having gone through it, then then I'm I, I feel great about myself, mm -hmm. right? If I can empower somebody, if I can help that mindset change, um, then you know that that for me is everything. And so um, you know that's why Impact Theory, um, our new company, we do content that is a mindset based. We bring on um, celebrities and they talk about their mindset and how they got over things, whether it's health or whether it's business or whether it's relationships. It's the mind is so powerful. And until you 
spend more time on the mind. I think we all understand the body, right? You show a transformation of someone who is heavy set and then them losing weight or someone who's been anorexic and now they've got to healthy. Like a photo does an easy um, demonstration of that. And for whatever reason, we look at people who have the great physiques and we go, oh, they're healthy. Um, and the mind is completely different. A, you can't show it, mm-hmm. right? So your transition, you've gone from a fixed mindset to a growth mindset. There's no f- physical photo to show that. Mm-hmm. It's all within yourself. Um, and so because there's no kind of, um, I think, a visual satisfaction, we all focus on the body and the transformation of the body and how we improve. Right? Like if I said to you, if I was a couch potato and I was overweight and I said to you, all right, I've got a gym membership and now I'm going to the gym. Like everybody would clap, everybody would be on board, everybody would be excited. But what you don't realize is what's the mindset of somebody who has had to go through that to go, I'm not good enough, I'm not worthy, I'm struggling to, all right, I feel empowered now, I'm going to change my lifestyle, I'm going to change my mindset, I'm going to change the way I act. There's no, like, physicality for that. Right. Um, and I think we need to start focusing a lot more on the mind and a lot more on the power of the mind and how that affects your body. I could not agree with you more. It's so huge. And uh, gosh, it's what a good conversation. But even just to end on that and to, you know, get it through people's heads that there is more to the story than just what they are looking at physically in the mirror. There's so Mm -hmm. much more that you can do for yourself. So thank you so much for bringing that up. And thank you just in general for being here and sharing your story and being so open. This was an amazing conversation. Oh, bless you. I mean, what you're doing is fantastic, Sean. Like, seriously, you being open and honest and going through your story and starting this podcast, like, it's so incredible and so empowering. And I just hope that more more and more people listen to what you're saying, the people you're bringing on, um, your perspective. Um, I just think it all starts with the discussion. And if you're not Mm -hmm. willing to discuss it, then you can't improve. And I think that even within me doing interviews, interviewing people, talking to you, um, I've just, you know, learned something new and I'm growing and mm-hmm. it's all part um, of it. Yeah. So it tell really people is. where they can find you. Yeah. So you can find me at Lisa Billu, which is spelled B-I-L-Y-E-U um, on all social platforms. Um, you can follow um, the content that we create at Impact Theory um, or go to our website, impacttheory.com to help impact the mind. Um, and then my podcast, um, Be Sheroic, which is at Be Sheroic. But um, that's a lot of information. So if you just want to follow um, me and then I can direct you, that'd be great. And that's at Lisa Billu. Yeah. And we'll have all that linked up in the show notes too. So they can just click on all those links. And the podcast is amazing too, your Sheroic podcast. Thank so that you. would be really fun for everyone to go listen to as well. But thanks again, Lisa for being here and it was so nice chatting with you oh thank you sean so much i really do appreciate you having me on thanks all right take care sweetie hey lady do you want to make sure that you are doing the ketogenic diet the right way for you do you want to make sure you're getting all of those amazing benefits that come with producing ketones and not putting any extra stress on your body then head to my website and check out the fat burning female project We have a new class starting soon, and I'd love to have you be a part of it. Head to bit.ly slash fatburningfemale, that's B-I-T dot L-Y slash fatburningfemale, and make sure to sign up to get a notification of when the next class will be. Can't wait to see you there.